Hope's Harbor, a gritty Bible devotion with David Bradley. Jesus off the cross, part three of four. Key verses are Matthew chapter 27, verses 59 and 60. Verse 59. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. Verse 60. And laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And after Joseph left the tomb, this account in Matthew also records in verse 67 that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sat in front of the tomb. So let us go also and sit by the tomb. This episode examines Jesus' burial and does so from a personal perspective. And even as personal as Jesus' death was, it provided atonement for the sins of the human race and was therefore necessary. The devotion focus is Jesus was dead. After Roman soldiers ensured Jesus' death by stabbing a spear into his heart, a kind man named Joseph went to the Roman governor and asked him for Jesus' body in order to bury him. A priest named Nicodemus went with Joseph and helped take Jesus to a nearby tomb, wrap him in linen, and place him in the tomb. Then a stone was rolled in front of the entrance. When I visited Jerusalem in 2005, our tour group was taken to a tomb believed to be the one Jesus was placed in. And to the left of the tomb entrance was a track carved out of the limestone, which would have allowed a large stone to roll down a slight angle and come to rest over the entrance. You see, this particular tomb was like a cave with room to stand in it. And in the show notes appendix for this episode is the link to an image of an artist's rendering of the stone in place at the garden tomb. The actual stone has long since disappeared. And regardless of whether this is the tomb in which Jesus was placed, it gives a good idea of the biblical account. And so while there and the tour group milled about, I walked a short distance away and sat on a low retaining wall, and I thought about the day Jesus was crucified and entombed. I wondered where Mary Magdalene sat with the other Mary and what they went through emotionally. And they were surely traumatized. Crucifixion was possibly the most painful way of death the Romans contrived. And these women had watched that crucifixion and the agony it inflicted on the Savior. And this method of death, it was meant to torture those sentenced to die and serve as a deterrent against rebellion against Roman rule and law. But since Jesus never rebelled or broke either Roman or Jewish law, the Roman governor declared him innocent. He only allowed Jesus to die in order to keep the peace. And so now at the tomb in which lay the body of Jesus sat Mary. And here, 2,000 years later, I sat and considered that day. And for those who lived with Jesus as he traveled about doing good, those called disciples, you know, the ones who abandoned him, they went into hiding. Only John is mentioned as, as being at the cross but not at the tomb. But I think it's understandable that self-preservation set in with Jesus' friends. Who would face their own crucifixion with courage? 
So I imagine those men who saw Jesus perform countless miracles of healing, terminal diseases, casting out demons, walking on the surface of a stormy sea, and raising the dead, never thought mere men could end the life of the Son of God. So they were certainly in shock. And for Mary, sitting at the tomb, she was surely inconsolable. You see, Jesus cast seven demons out of her. So she went from being tortured in her mind and soul to being loved and then having those demons sent packing. I think of how she witnessed Jesus performing other such acts of mercy during her time spent following along the road with this band of disciples. And there's no way to know just what miracles she witnessed, but the Bible record is clear. Jesus never turned anyone away who came to him for help, at least as long as they were sincere. He had no patience with the religious frauds of his day and told them so. And so Mary sat in front of the tomb, knowing full well Jesus was dead. Now, this is important to the Christian system of belief. Jesus had to die for the sins of the human race. It was the only way God forgives sin. To forgive sin, first to punish sin, and he chose that his son would die for the sins of the world, and that it was punished to the full. And Jesus took that punishment, and it killed him. Yes, the crucifixion was the means of death, but it was Jesus' death that provided atonement, his death in our place. Now, the importance of Jesus having died to pay for our sins and then being resurrected is addressed by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. Verse 12, Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ and whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have died earlier in Christ have perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. So this passage clearly explains the importance of Jesus' death and resurrection. Furthermore, Jesus told his followers his death and resurrection would happen to him. You'll find this account in Matthew 16, 21. The Bible says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day. And so, even though Jesus warned his disciples of what would happen to him, they couldn't understand it. I believe it probable Jesus' prediction was too much to take in because by this point in his ministry, his men knew he held power over heaven and earth. And now whether Mary Magdalene believed Jesus would rise from the dead is not known. But what we do know is she sat by that tomb. And can you imagine her loss, the loss of her Savior? If you've ever lost someone you love dearly, you know that emptiness. 
Now, we have the hindsight of the biblical record, knowing she would see Jesus on the third day, but don't let that remove the fact of her sorrow, a sorrow that would be transformed in an instant on the morning of the third day after Jesus died. Now, in summary, Jesus' death was necessary to provide atonement for the sins of the human race. It was a death attested to by numerous eyewitnesses. But it is his death that gives us life, if we choose it, because he rose from the dead. The action to consider, just read the burial accounts in the four Gospels. Now, next week's devotion is Jesus Beyond the Cross, part four of four. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.